This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Frenchies, so Every Little Dudes, all the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help Help But But Wonder. The podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. us. Hi. Hello there. Hello. How are you? Who are you? Take me through it. (sighs) That's a really good um, question. I'm trying to think of a Sex in the City character that could possibly embody who I was this week. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. Yeah, I I was like, there's not even any people of color in the episode except for like the really most stereotypical, demeaning, shitty. Yes. Um, I guess I'm. You know who I am? I was the cake that Miranda threw in the trash and ate again. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. But I'm I'm the cake when it was in the trash. When it was inside the trash. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. who I was. Um, okay. Yeah. The protests, everything has just been, you know, our country becoming a police state, um, just like the depths of police brutality, the depths of me feeling completely paralyzed. I spent like the entire week just like staring at the wall. Um, yeah. That is, that's how I feel. I, I yeah. That's yeah. It's been really depressing. It. It's just, it's like, um, you know, and I have a lot of guilt because I have not been going to any protests. I have been doing some phone banking and some emailing and some donating, but I'm so scared of getting COVID and then dealing with it alone by myself that it's really intimidating to me to think about going into a crowd right now, but yeah, it's, it's a such, challenge. It's hard. It's hard to get my head around and I can't tell if I'm being lame or not. You know what I mean? I don't think it's as simple as that because the country was already in a place of firsts and people not knowing how to deal, how to feel, how to push through what daily life should look like. So we kind of were in the middle of trying to conquer that. It's it's uh, I just don't think it's as simple as go out there and protest. I think that um, a lot of people I know who are very politically active have also expressed the same feelings. So 
I don't think you're alone there. Yeah, I think I just, on top of everything that's been going on, I think I've been experiencing personal shame for feeling Mm. like I'm not doing the thing that one is supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's a really tough time because, you know, COVID and quarantine has been so um, hard for my mental health. And like some of the only things that have gotten me through it are being able to go and visit my sister and my nephew, go see my grandma, go see my mom. And all of them are like, if you go into a protest, you definitely cannot right. come into to, my house. Yeah. You have to isolate, which is like which the is reason just you're really scary for yeah, me. Yeah. It feels like counterintuitive considering yeah. you've, you know it about yourself at this point that you like need to not be alone so that I don't like literally lose, lose my fucking mind. Yeah. yeah. No, so, totally. But you know, it's, there's just, you know, it's a really hard time. It's a really hard time. And, uh, you know, it's just so much guilt and shame and sadness and paralysis and overwhelm, um, you know. Yeah. How um, have you been? Who have you been this week? Uh, well, everything that you just said, um, I would say, I, I guess, a little bit of a God. Now I'm trying to think of like another moment that I could be because your cake one was so perfect <laughs> and on the money. But that's kind of the most iconic moment in a lot of ways of the series um so I'll just pick someone I guess I was a Charlotte okay tell us because um I guess I was a Charlotte in that yeah it's been a lot of crying but it's also there is a a level of hopefulness um I wasn't feeling that last week as much but um I had a, a talk with a friend who is um black very politically active and it was really insightful to not that she is there to educate me. She was just expressing where she's at. Yeah. And she was saying that she thinks it's actually a, a very hopeful time and that she thinks that um, it's not just going to be sort of a, a momentary movement, that it actually will continue. And that was just a perspective I hadn't heard. And it was just nice to sort of live in that and let that set in for a moment. So... I'm I'm trying to uh, see the silver lining of it, but it is not easy. I feel uh, I feel all the things you were saying. I felt um, like as much as I feel like I'm trying to do on a daily basis by donating and petition signing and yeah. protesting and all these things. I'm like, it's still not an. It'll it'll sort of have never you been protesting, be Jamie? I did, um, I did, well, I don't even know if you can call it, yeah, I guess to a degree. I went to Highland Park and- Was that yesterday? A couple days ago. Hmm. Um, But, you know, I was trying to socially distance and so it just wasn't, yeah. Is it possible? That's the thing. Like, how how was it? Please tell me. Well, uh, my friend Julia, um, there was a, there was like a proper social distance protest. Hmm. Um, and I think there's going to be more of them. This That's one was something I feel like I one. could maybe do. Yeah. Like, so yeah. And then like in Highland Park, it was cool. Cause like, also you can sort of drive through the protests and literally like hold up your sign and like chant, even though it's sort of an unofficial. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like somewhere between, I don't know what you call it, but again, weird times, obviously if you know, COVID, weren't a factor. Um, I, mean, I feel like yeah, you and I would be, be out, out there. there. Course, no, we would literally meet up every fucking day. That's it's, what I'm saying. So it's, it's, it's um, just a tough, it's yeah. not about not. And then, you know, there is a part of me and I wonder how our listeners feel about this as well. Um, obviously like going out there and doing the damn thing is important 
protesting is important for many reasons, but also it really allows you to like connect to your community. And a lot of people are describing it as like a religious experience. And, and the times that I have protested, that's exactly how I would describe it. So there's piece of, there's a piece of me that's like, Oh, I really want to like, I want to be a part of it for those reasons as well. Um, but I will say because of the quarantine, I think a lot of people are doing, a lot of their protesting online. And I think that social media has been really powerful in that way. Um, and usually I don't feel pro social media. I always am like, ah, oh, this is like a double-edged sword. Like it's good because you're disseminating information, but on the other hand, it can be really overwhelming and it can lead to depression and all these things. But in this case, I actually think that it's really making an impact. So that's, that's part of why I'm like, okay, well, if you don't feel comfortable protesting, there are other ways to be vocal right now. And as soon as, you know, our country is in a place where, you know, you're not risking your health, um, you know, hopefully we can do both where we're outside, you know, fighting the fight, but also online. Um, and it'll sort of be in both spheres and spectrums. So... Yeah, I'm sure it feels amazing to protest on many levels because not only is it the right thing to do for the moment and politically absolutely the right thing to do, but everyone has been so lonely and hasn't seen a soul. So honestly, just being out there with hundreds of people is probably... I, I mean, I can't... Yeah, it's hard not to even tear up thinking about it. I mean, it's such a lonely it's time. It's a swing. It's, it's a like, swing. It's a complete swing from where we were. It went right. from isolation to crowds. Everyone, yeah. And it's so... To it, the world. Not actually, not even just America. My friends in England are protesting. I know. I mean, and people I know are taking their kids. My uncle went with his... That's I think so I think if I get, like, a really a gnarly face shield and, like, a really good mask, maybe I can go to a baby protest that's, like, small or something. We can find one. I'll go with you. We'll yeah, I think I need to do baby steps. The way I'm telling myself about this is, like, you know, it took me a while to socialize in COVID. Now I socialize. I go on social distance walks with people. I sit outside with people. I'll go to the beach with people because I feel safe doing that. But it took me a little while to get there. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe it's just going to take me a while to figure out how to protest in a way that I feel like I'm not jeopardizing myself and my family, you know? It's so funny that I, sorry, I was just thinking it's funny that I said I was a Charlotte. It's like, can you imagine Charlotte <laughs> protesting? Like, what the fuck am I actually talking about? Wait, you're about? a Charlotte because were you a counter protester? I was like, saying, all lives yeah, I know. matter. Exactly. I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I was like, I'm Charlotte cause I'm emotional. It's like, that's like the only thing that makes it related to Charlotte at all. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm going to yeah. say one more thing for say who many, I am this week. Many more things. Yeah, because I feel like checking in is a little longer these days. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're a pretty heavily formatted podcast. I would pat ourselves on the back for that. But like, yeah, I think we have we have all all the reasons to stray. I also uh, the world feel, just keeps getting more and more surreal. Yeah, totally. I also feel a little literally bit- every time we check in, I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> not like it's up and down. It's just like up, 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 up and away. It's like up and away. Fucking hysterical. Unreal. It's yeah, it's just like we're unreal. gonna pop. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm gonna pop. That's so funny, Jamie. Ugh, anyway, no, it's on. absolutely Sorry, true. You. No, you didn't at all. But um, no, it's been. I also feel like. I also feel like I feel like a Carrie Miranda blend because 
it's a really lonely time right now. And Mm -hmm. I, and I, I know it's lonely for everybody, not just single people. I know it's not, even if you have a great partner, I'm sure it's still really lonely and isolating and not being able to just casually see people. Um, but I was really lonely this weekend and something that has been very hard. And I'm thinking of it like a Carrie because she had all those temptations to go back to big and go back to, and I think of all these guys that I could text and people that I exes I could get in touch with and hook up with. And it's so hard to resist doing that stuff right now. Cause it's just like a psychotic time and you just yeah. crave like comfort and touch so much. Absolutely. And I've been able to avoid it. And I have lots of, um, people to call in groups and resources to deal with those compulsions, but it's a really hard time. Um, if you are trying to get over like bad, like codependent dating and sex habits, like this is really a challenging time. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just like, you just want to like, it's unnaturally challenging. It's, it's so not like hard. And yeah. And, and it's like, it's like, what is this preparing me for? You know what death? I mean? There's a little bit of that where <laughs> yeah. you're like, what? yeah, exactly. Is this preparing me for when I'm like 90 and don't have anyone? Like what, is, you know? <laughs> wow, like, that's a really crazy question. That's deep, It's actually. true. It's like, okay, I know there's a lesson to be gleaned here and I'm I'm trying to see it. This but whole thing. it is weird how it's like, okay, in what ways is, it's making you stronger, but in a horrible way. At the way. expense of, yeah. Your mental and physical of, health. And, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, this whole thing just makes me want to like get married, have five kids and like live on a compound with like everyone I care about. Like it just makes me yeah. want to have such a full home full of people. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, even just, even the, the kids part removed from the equation, I think people are starting to really like, you know, take, take, stock of their surroundings like do you like your apartment do you like your house do you you know is this a place that like you feel comfortable for like extended periods of well, time speaking on that well how are you feeling about the house stuff yeah I start I did start sort of very loosely looking at houses just to kind of get a grasp at um what the I mean I know real estate in LA is just kind of a wild west crazy thing and it's so expensive and um yeah, you truly get like the shittiest little box with like jail bars on it and it still could be close to a million dollars. It's like crazy. And this was um, an old prison. Yeah. And they'd be like, it's a fixer upper. Um, you can, you know, turn the urinals into uh, flower pots. And, uh, you know, I really, a lot of potential. You can knock down the walls between the cells and uh, make a yeah, great terrace. A lot of ghosts terrace. in here. That's drove yeah. the price down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, but it's interesting because you start to see these houses and like, there's no perfect house and it's such a weird thing to be like, oh, I'm going to spend like an exorbitant amount of money, like on something that needs work. Like they all need work. Even the coolest houses you walk in and you, you get to this place where you're like, okay, I don't like like the kitchens in the back. I want the kitchen to be joined to the living room. It just becomes this thing where you're like, like the bedroom is upside down. Yeah, it so is. I hope you don't get dizzy. Like, it is like that. Or like you just walk in and you're like, it just feels off. Like there are literally these moments where like I saw a house today. And I was like, the ceiling's low. And it's like, I didn't even know I cared about that. But apparently you care about a lot of things when you're spending a ridiculous and amount as of you money. should yeah totally and then it gets to this point where you're like oh you just wait it out until like you could afford something like you know more 
like sort of classically fabulous fabulous yeah i mean it's just it's, it's an question. interesting it's an interesting it, it it's just it just makes you think about things and like how you spend your money and Yes. You know, I'm trying to get to a place where I'm like, I just am tired of putting my money towards renting, especially because my I'm very grateful. I, I really do like my I like my apartment or whatever you call it. It's like a house cut in two. Um, I like a lot of things about it, but it is like kind of falling apart. And it's just getting to a point where I'm like, I don't want to be sinking money. And like, it's one thing if it doesn't my make house sense is falling apart, something that you don't. But own. exactly. I'm just like, I can't I just can't justify it. So. It's weird. It's a really interesting thing to do. It's a it's really interesting just to look at houses and like understand what that whole process is like because I really knew nothing about it. I still don't, but yeah. I'm learning. Yeah, everyone's wondering if this is a good or a bad time to move because the idea is maybe prices are going down, but they're not really. Yeah, I've heard mixed. I've heard like people are like, oh, well, the real estate in New York is like going to like, it's going to be so affordable. I'm like, no, it's not. It's fucking New York city. Yeah. I don't think it's New York. It's still New York. Like, yeah. New York didn't like lose its New York. It's just, I mean, temporarily, yes, it would be, it would definitely be a choice to want to buy in New York right now. But I mean, you know, still New York city. So anyway, that's where I'm at. Okay. Well, I'm glad we had that full on full ass check-in. Me too. That was a full ass check-in. I loved it. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Okay, so today's app. Yeah, let's do it. So today's episode is season four, episode nine, and it's called Sex and the Country. Rose, kick it off. This episode is really fun. I have, it is. I have a really lot. Fun. It's so fucking 90s or maybe yeah, early 2000s. It, it really, it's really is. Fun. It's the outfits, ridiculous. her. I love, I love that no matter what Carrie wears, there's like a country version of it. I know. It's I like know. They, they sort of like worked more plaid into her. Yeah, it's like country skank. And, it's always yeah, so I know. slutty. It's total. Oh my god, so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Or they put her in the most city outfit, but they're like, but her shirt's plaid, so it's it's country. It's like it's like no one wears that to the country. It's like also, plaid is not the only thing that makes something country. They also do such. I mean, we'll get to it, but they they also do such a good ratcheting up of that by having Sam come out like later, oh, which is oh my god, amazing. the pink outfit is like un- oh my, and god. then the bucket hat is like the silliest thing I've ever seen. It's, it's so, so great. Good. I have to say, like as always, Namaste to Jamie for creating this podcast and inviting <laughs> me to join because. 
while the world is burning, watching this episode and knowing I was going to talk about it gave me a lot of joy. Yeah, this show, it really, this show is problematic in it's a, a lot really of ways. Pan, it's a good pandemic buster. But it is a good, yeah, it's just kind of, it's just kind of, it's, the, there's a brain candy element where you just want to like, yeah, just kind of sink your, sink your brain teeth into it. So good. Okay, so. So, okay, here we go. It starts with Carrie and Aiden prepping for their first big trip together. They're going to head out to his very rustic country house, which Carrie is very not into. And she's really open about how not excited she is, which is kind of funny. Before they go on their trip, Miranda stops by and asks Aiden to ask Steve to call her. Steve's insurance company won't leave her alone. And for good reason, Steve has testicular cancer. And Charlotte and Trey are back to work making a baby. She's doing fertility exercises. He's really horny, like very untray-like. The in whole his dynamic is crazy. But it's not happening. They've been at it for months. They're also heading out of town for the weekend to Bunnies in Connecticut. Charlotte's set to ovulate while they're there, so Trey will just have to hang on to all his primo jizz till then. I mean, I'm down and I'm here for the ride, but the fact that all of a sudden they're like a normal functional couple with a normal functional sex life when they're kind of... they Nothing have the best sex life of anyone in the show suddenly. Like, what is happening? Yeah, they have this great marriage. It's kind of He's like... so horny for her. Yeah. It's it's really, like, very odd. Um, then Miranda catches up with Steve to talk testes. I really related to this scene, actually. He says his doctor's on top of it, but she isn't convinced. He doesn't know what stage cancer he has. He didn't even get a CAT scan. It's clear that Steve's doctor is like not on the ball. So she yells at him to get serious. And then she heads to lunch. I made him cry. No, first I yelled at him. I yelled at my friend, the cancer patient, and then I made him cry. Well, it's understandable. I mean, you just lost your mom. I'm sure you have a lot of pent up residual anger. Maybe, but mostly he was just pissing me off. Sounds like he needed a good kick in the ass, which is what you gave him. You know what you need. A nice, relaxing weekend with me at Aiden's country house. You're not actually going, are you? Well, if by going you mean being taken against my will and kidnapped, then yes, I'm going. <laughs> so enjoy me now, ladies, because this weekend I'm a Hicktown hostage. I can't go. Steve has cancer. Somebody has to stay in town and make him feel bad about it. Here at the Connecticut compound? Oh, come on. It's like we're living in Paris and running off to Provence for the weekend. Ugh, what is it about the weekends now? I swear to God, every guy I fuck since Memorial Day wants to know what I'm doing this weekend. They just don't get it. My weekends are for meeting new guys, so I don't have to keep fucking the old ones. So that's a no, I guess? Mm-mm. I guess I'll have to brave the wilderness on my own. No! Not on your own with Aiden. And I love Aiden. And Aiden loves the country. So maybe I'll love the country. Wait a minute, just because Aiden loves the country, you have to love it too? Yes, apparently that's how it works. I see. You need to pretend to be someone else to be in a relationship. No, I believe the word you're looking for is compromise. It's true. Trey loves golf, so I'm taking golf lessons. Trey loves bunnies, so I'm ovulating at the orchid show. So, okay, I have a couple of thoughts. Let's hear it. This is where the sh- this is where when we say we talk about sex and city and how it relates to us. This is how I'm going to make this little clip about me. Oh, please do. 
Okay, so I really related to the scene where Miranda is sitting on the bench with Steve and he's like, yeah, I kind of called the doctor. And it's like, did you go to a good doctor? Here, here's my guy and here's what you got to do and blah, blah, blah. Because that's very much me in a relationship with anything like medical or mental health. I'm very much like, did you take care of it? Because that's how... Like, that's like kind of a love language in my family. Like my mom, like getting me the best doctors in the city. Oh my God. Same. I was just thinking, I'm like, this is why we're friends because that is exactly what my mom. It's a love language. And it's like, especially with anything medical, Of course, even if it's like a headache, it's like, Jamie, you don't take zinc. Yeah. I'm like, mom, I I don't even get headaches often. And how are you even drawing that conclusion that it's my lack of zinc? But I have to say what I like felt very... Uh, it doesn't happen until later. And I think it's okay to say, but like ultimately Steve appreciates that about Miranda. And I just had, yeah, but I just had this experience and like, I'm not really dating in COVID. It's too crazy of a time, but there was this guy that I was casually, casually hanging out with that I Mm -hmm. met online in Ventura. Yes. And I kind of realized that he wasn't the right fit for me, but I was in Ventura last week and I had some downtime. So I was just like, I'll just text him and see if he wants to take a walk or something just to kind of be social. And he was like, yeah, I'm down to hang out. But like, I, you know, he said a bunch of nice things about me. He's like, but I think we should just be friends. And I wasn't even like trying to start anything, but of course I was like, why? Um, I was like, oh yeah, this is a crazy time to date. I'm totally down with friends. And he's like, yeah, I'm just feeling like a little bit of internal discomfort. And I was like, are you feeling internal discomfort because of like the chaos of the world or like because of me specifically? And he's like, well, you specifically, but you didn't do anything wrong or bad. I'm just very sensitive to certain things. And I was like, well, do you feel comfortable sharing with me? Like I, whatever your issues are are totally valid. I would just love to hear them. And he's like, I feel bad even saying them because you didn't do anything wrong. It's just like very stressful for me. And basically he is very like, every guy I've chatted with during COVID very cavalier about COVID doesn't generally wear masks with people. Doesn't really socially distance. He's not even scared of getting it. Mm. And when we went on our date, I was like, could you please wear this mask? And I'm, I'm more uptight about it. Um, I also see my grandmother and my diabetic mom, whatever. And, um, then at the end of the date, when we were done walking, he went, it was, we took a beach walk. He went upstairs and he just like grabbed a public railing, just like, with his bare hand. Ooh. And this was like a Ooh. few weeks into COVID when like yeah, no yeah, yeah. one this knew. Was like, oh my God. If you touch metal, like you're asking for right. it. Right. And I, I just was like, oh my God, don't touch that. And then I like ran up to him and was like, here, do you want some Purell? And he was like, no, I'm fine. And I was like, okay. Uh... And he literally brought that up as something that was like triggering for him. Whoa. Right. Okay. And I was just like, oh, well, clearly this guy could not be with a Jewish woman because that's just oh, going to no. be happening a lot. And yeah. And if it annoys you for me to be like, hey, did you remember to take your medicine or do you want to bring a sweater? I mean, that's just part of my personality. And that's like a loving thing. But if that's going to like annoy the shit out of someone, clearly that's a no go. And so it was nice. Also, to- it's like it's one of those things where you're like, oh, shit, you're right. Like I've been corrected. I've I've had the worst habit of touching the, uh, what do you call it? The elevator or oh, the street press lights? to walk. Oh, I'd the, use the, my foot to do it. 
I now I've got now I'm down elbow always. Right. But in the beginning, I was like I had to. I would like put put my finger up to him. And I'm like, oh shit! Like right. I, it was such a hard habit for me to yeah. break. I don't know why. And I wasn't like mad at him, but it's like but, sometimes if you don't know Jewish or Italian people, you think people are yelling at you. But it's just like, yes. oh no, don't wait. And he was like, you got. Or if you've like never lived in New York, yeah. If you're just like a little blonde in Ventura who's used to like whispering, yes, yes. Then it's gonna no, be tough. It can be yes. The Jews, we can be a harsh people. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't meaning to be harsh, but that was like. Oh, well, if that bothers you, then definitely we, yeah. that's like nothing. And that's never going to change. Wow. I can't believe he brought it. He felt the need to bring it up. Well, I'm kind of glad I he mean, did because no, I, mean, I, I mean, it's cool. I, I'm not judging him. I think that's cool that he did. I'm just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's so small. I think he's so violently beta and I think he just got mm-hmm. out of a relationship and I think he feels so easily overwhelmed and controlled by a woman. And I think yeah. he just needs to be with somebody who's like a tiptoe mouse Yes. So that he feels better as a tiptoe mouse. Mm -hmm. And, um, but watching the clip of Miranda giving a shit about Steve and being like, of course you can't do this. Of course you need to do this. And kind of telling him what to do and him doing it and being like, thank you was like very validating for me to be like, when somebody cares, I mean, I don't really know this guy, but it's like, when you care about somebody, you're naturally like, oh, here, take the soup and let me get you this. And let me call this number for you. It's like, that's what you do when you care. And yes. a guy and who's I, like, whoa, let me just like do this myself is just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I also think, yeah, I just, it reminded me of why I like Steve and Miranda together. It's just like, it's so funny because she can be all levels of what you're talking about. Like she can be, yeah, she literally can be like pissed off that he didn't go to the right. That was her word, by the way, that he, that he pissed her off. Right. She can be pissed off that he didn't go to the best doctor and he just kind of like smiles through it. Like there's no piece of him. He's actually like a very like strong and sturdy dude totally. in a lot of ways. Yes. Because there's no level of her sort of demanding energy yeah. that Grosses threatens him, him. Yeah. ever, ever. There's no level of it. Yeah. And it's obviously 1000% from love. It's like, I'm worried about you. You have cancer. Let's get you the best guy in the city. Let's Absolutely. not be calm about you, this. You would hope someone would get angry for you. Of course. Yeah. So I love that she does that. And, you know, I just love them together so much. It's like. I do too. Um, and what do you think about, uh, what do you think about Carrie's like incredibly extreme hate for the outdoors? Where are you at with that? Uh. Do you relate? Do you not relate? I don't, I don't fully relate to that. I, um, I, it's not like I've, I haven't really gone camping a ton, but I do love being outside and I find it to be, um, really important for like mental health. And I think as I've gotten older, I become like more appreciative of being in the outdoors, especially because it's so easy to do that in LA. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I am surprised, especially as a, New Yorker, I feel like that is one of the setbacks of being in New York is I think it's harder to get into nature. And I would think that you get so much city on a daily basis that even if it was really rustic, um, where you were going with Aiden, you'd still be like, hell yeah. Like, let's get the fuck out of Dodge. Like, let's be around trees and see squirrels and like almost in, even if it was kind of in an like ironic way, you would still be like, fuck yeah. Like let's go to the country. That sounds hilarious, you know, to her not, it's not hilarious to me, but you know what I mean? Like I think that 
I found it so grateful, so unrelatable. I mean, just, so unrelatable. Just, I think it's the number one gripe of New Yorkers is like they all just want to get out. Yeah, not only that, it's like even if the place isn't that nice, if you're in the gorgeous woods and there's a lake, it's like and it's his house. It's your boyfriend's house. Yeah, the, like, the level of snobbery. Dude, go to your boyfriend's house. Also, the level of snobbery is so interesting because like Carrie's not a rich person. She doesn't own a home. She rents an apartment, and like it's a tiny apartment. Yeah, and so it's like all yeah. of a sudden she's the queen of England that like can't be in a cabin. It was really weird. And I also think that like yes, it I, is. It is funny. It is. It's a funny, for comedy. It's, a, it's funny. Yes, it's, it's funny for, for comedy. comedy, but it's kind of lame. Same. Oh, I mean, hundred percent. So being scared like, of a squirrel is kind of like that was so strange. It was also just like I have to say, I thought it was a little lame because it was like, okay, you so see squirrels in New York literally all the fucking. But time. also, no like, adult all over. is scared of a squirrel. A rat, no. maybe a beetle or something, but like. Well, I think they might have, they might have, uh, someone pitched that joke. Um, the, what was it? The squirrel, what was that hilarious joke? It was like, a squirrel is just a rat with a cuter outfit. Yeah. I feel like someone in the room pitched that and then it was reverse engineered from there. Mm-hmm. I think that is like literally something someone said and then they were like, how do we get that in the show? Yeah, they it just also- kind of feels, sorry, go Skylar. Oh, sorry. I was going to just going to say they also have that beat when she, because weirdly, in this episode, she goes back and forth from the city a bunch of times, and they have that beat with her when she's back in New York, and she like sees a rat, and it's like, eh, and it like it's mapping the reaction to the squirrel, and it's like it's a very oh, that's right. There's rats everywhere. What am I even fucking talking about? Squirrels, rats are all over. Yeah, New York exactly. is filthy, and it's full of cockroaches and rats. Yeah, but she just likes her. She likes the the rats that are on Bleecker Street more than she likes the squirrels. Upstate and nature. Like, I just kind of think that like it's such a caricature to be like our main girl has long hair, loves fashion, and is scared of animals and hates nature. It's just such a like Barbie. It is, she, and she dressed like Barbie too. I mean, I loved her outfit, but it was like that like pink, like hot pink fuchsia <laughs> shirt, and then like her big like poof skirt and her like white little Manolos, and like it's just. I mean, who wears that on vacation? It's just fantastic. I mean, it, it, it is such it is a caricature, and right. I do appreciate. You're it. right. It works. I also love this. Like, I love that it, the episode's called "Sex in the Country." I know. It's just like we get it. It's She's fun. A city slicker, and it is city slickers. And I, I mean, also, it's, it's exactly that. It's like, how do I rope a cat? You know, I, I'm from Manhattan. <laughs> I don't know about cows. Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the only thing I've ever cooked is. You know, coffee that I buy at the local, you know, exactly. Yeah, no, it is funny. I don't know why I'm taking it so seriously. I guess because it's like if somebody invited me to their cabin right now, I'd be like, Speedy Gonzalez, I'd be gone so fast. It's because also, no, the reason is because I think the reason is because that, you know, she is not very appreciative of Aiden's gifts. Like we saw in the last episode, she was like kind of, you know, shitty to him when he wanted to get her a new laptop. Like she's totally. a little up her own ass in this relationship really for someone who good cheated quite hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I multiple mean, times up, down and sideways. I mean, yeah, like, like Carrie, reverse like, donkey. Maybe you just need to like hang out with some squirrels because like you owe him. You know what? I don't know what to tell you, Jamie. You're bringing up a really good point because there's a lot of people who are like, I think Carrie's a bitch. She's self centered. She sucks. There's a lot of Carrie hate out there, and I can understand because you bring up a good point. It's very, it, she kind of has really bad manners. It's like 
if you she has bad manners, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's like if if you really bad have manners, nothing in common with who you're it's with, impolite. Oh, she does. She's not polite. Yeah, and it's kind of like. Yeah, there is a lot of compromise in relationships. And even if it's not the number one thing you love to do, you really can't just hang for like two days. Like, just like bring a uh, book yeah. or something. The only thing the only thing that I can think of, and they kind of explore it later in the episode. Actually, this is a theme that comes up in other episodes as well. Like when Miranda goes on her honeymoon later, um, spoiler alert, but I didn't say to whom. Um, <laughs> could be but big. Who could it be? Um but yeah, uh, when she goes on her honeymoon, she's in the wilderness um, and doesn't have cell reception. Like, it's just a thing that they, you know, I think now if you went to a cabin, you'd probably have Wi-Fi at that cabin. Like totally. back then, I, you know, I think it's that really there was sort of a, a, yes, exactly. Outside of the city means off the grid. What do you think about this whole idea that they kind of brought up at the thing of like, pretending to like things you don't like and oh my husband plays golf so now I'm learning golf and Miranda being like you shouldn't pretend what do you think about like in a healthy relationship like how much should you try to be interested in your partner's interests how much how important is that is that important Skylar I know you and your girlfriend have a lot of similar interests that you guys like to do yeah yeah no we I mean that's that's very important to us I think that like um Certainly, like with cooking and and food stuff in particular, we really we overlap uh, quite a bit and like do a lot of cooking together. We we it's been mentioned before, but I'm a member of a bean club and we just uh, bean of the month. <laughs> we we, we love the bean, bean club. Shout out to Rancho Gordo; they're a great company. Um, and we just made some beans today that we will be eating after this. I'm very excited. Um, hey, get your bean on. But as for but as for like how important it is to um, to like take in your partner's interests and, and try to like expand your palate, so to speak. I think it. I think it's very important. I think it it can definitely like fall off a little bit the longer you're in a relationship because you just kind of get comfortable and you know the other per- what the other person's into and you can kind of cherry pick what what works for you and what doesn't work for you of their interests um but i i especially early on i think it's such an important thing to like try to open yourself up and have them open themselves up uh to the things that you guys are all interested in because it's such I a agree. way to reflect I think it yourself is, at cool. least in my experience i think it's more of an early on thing i also though am not the most compromising. I am very like, you do your thing, I'll do mine. I don't feel, I don't feel um, let down if like my partner is not interested in my interests. I'm like, it's cool. Then I'll just like, I'll, that'll be my thing. I don't, I've never really. Um, it seems like you and Dan have so much crossover though. You're both comedians. You both We have out, We have a lot of crossover, but we also have a lot of separate. Yeah. No, cooking a hundred percent and like just hanging out and like liking the same shows and right. all of that is overlap, overlap, which is why it's, it, that, that works. But then like, he's super into wrestling. I literally like, if I hear two men like screaming and slamming their bodies onto a mat, I, I'm like, I need to leave the house. Like, I, like, just I can't I, I find it. No, it's boredom. And it's also like, it sounds so violent. And so I'm right. always like, you go do your thing. Yeah. And like, we've had, we've had arguments where he's like, I wish that you like pretended to like, not be like this. what I like, but like, try to understand why I like it and I 
could, I mean, I am. You have to have your limits yeah, though. I'm an extreme example of like, nope. Like, <laughs> oh, nope, just nope. I'll never, no. I, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I think Aiden and Carrie are early enough in the relationship and she's done so little exploring of the outdoors that I think going in, okay, this is me pretending that these are real people in a real relationship for comedy oh, purposes. You just made, yes, yes, yes. For, you just made me think of something. For comedy purposes, it. her reaction is literally perfect. But for real life, I think that early in a relationship, if you've never really given something a try, like she clearly just doesn't even do outdoor stuff. Why not just go in open-minded and try? And if you don't like it's it, also, then you don't like it. Rose, it's also though, it's that you would be excited to go away with Aiden, just the two of yeah. you, if the relationship were solid. That's so that true. That alone would be like- Exciting oh, enough. The two of us in the woods together Hell for yes. a weekend, like sign me up. Yeah, romantic. They've only been together Absolutely. for like a year. That's what I'm saying. It's like, she's almost coming at it the way I come at the like wrestling thing, where I'm like, why would, like- I don't, you can do, go do that. I 100% support you. I just, it's not for me. But like early on in the relationship, like with Dan and I, I mean, I 100% tried to, Get like I watched on our first date, I literally watched an MMA fight. So I was like, mm. oh, well, this seems to be something that, <laughs> that matters to into. you. <laughs> and I watched it and I was like, I will, like, this is so violent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know. <laughs> Guys, um, point is though, when like you get you comfortable, make, then you have to be yourself. Of course you do make that effort. Yeah. Cause you're just trying to be like agreeable and <laughs> some of it is healthy and some of it needs to stop. Yeah, that's true. I think that, I think it's obviously Aiden and Carrie have never belonged to belong together. They have nothing in common. They don't like anything about each other. She's not crazy about him. Um, but I do like how like super into early in the relationship, he's like, I want to show you this thing I built by hand. She's like, ew, do I have to? I know. It's, it's like so bitchy. Yeah. it's. She's like, where do I plug in my laptop? It's so funny. Cause, um, cause it's, it's the Aiden and Carrie version of, of it is so funny just because it's not, it's not like Aiden is quietly into wrestling. Like it, he has a cabin, like it's such a nice, <laughs> no, it's is, the most benign yes. thing. Yes. That, like, he has, he had, he, uh, he was able to buy a, a second home. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, let's just applaud him. And then he built with his own gorgeous little hands. Yes. Okay. So let's okay. go back, James, take us okay. back in. Okay, I'm taking us back in. So Carrie and Aiden make it to their forest getaway. He is all fired up about it, and she screams when she meets a squirrel. The squirrel, like, comes up to the window, and she literally like, the Rape. loudest shrill I've ever heard. Yeah. Exactly. They kill some time having sex, but there's still so much time and so little to do. Carrie sits up awake, hating the woods. Samantha, meanwhile, sleeps with a new rando, but he's got to go when he asks about her plans for the weekend. It's absolutely psychotic the way she treats sex. Um, It's like, once and never see me again, you gross, clingy monster. Um, And Miranda and Steve hang at Miranda's house. She's pulling out all the stops to make up for yelling at him. She's giving up the last spring roll, watching Kung Fu movies, but he's not into it. He doesn't want sympathy over his cancer. In fact, he thanks her for the yelling. Without it, he wouldn't have his health under control. This scene is like one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. It's so good. And when he's like, you know, just, I just love that he just loves her for who she is. When she offers him an egg roll, he's like, you eat all the egg rolls. I'm lucky if I even see an egg roll. Like it was just... I just love that he... Their relationship is just not bullshit. Yeah, and it's like, 
he loves the things about her that are like sort of high maintenance and annoying. And I, yeah, like all the things we're sort of like shitting on Carrie for, I feel like if that were Miranda, Steve would be like, it's hilarious how you hate the outdoors. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So Trey and Charlotte head out to Connecticut. Bunny, uh, Trey's mom traps Charlotte in her greenhouse with an orchid and a thank you. Trey told her they're trying for a baby and Bunny can't wait to have someone carry on the McDougal name. It's so insane that Charlotte's like annoyed that she hasn't gotten pregnant in three months considering know, what some people's fertility journal- journeys are. I know. Um, but anyway, um, Carrie keeps having country problems. She heads into Jersey for a burger as there's no way she's cooking. While she waits, she calls Charlotte, who's already being treated like she's pregnant. Bunny's not even letting her have shrimp. She's pitching names. It's a lot. Carrie heads back to the forest to give Aiden a hand, but just ends up slipping in the mud, which actually was very funny. Um, and that's enough. She's got to get back to the city. When she does, she meets up with Big for a steak. I tried, I really did, but nature of me, it's unnatural. And I love being with Aiden. I mean, there is no one in the world that I would rather be. I'm sorry. Is it okay to talk to you about this stuff? Are you okay? Yeah, go ahead. I'm okay. Okay, good. I'm glad that we can talk about this stuff. And listen, if you ever meet someone, I want you to feel good. I met someone. Oh? Well, oh, who is she? If I tell you, you can't tell anyone. Is she your imaginary girlfriend? She's an actress, Willow Summers. She's not an actress, she's a movie star. Did you see that Spy Girl movie? I thought she was pretty good. Well, I don't know about that. I do know she wears many wrong things on the red carpet. I cannot believe you are dating some someone named after a tree. She's really something. How'd you even meet her? She came up to me in her premiere thing and asked for a light and said, I have two vices, smoking and green-eyed men. Oh, she's a smoothie. We talked, uh, had a few... <laughs> Went up to her hotel, dress comes off, red panties... Kept her high heels on. I lifted her up. I put her on the bed. Okay, that's plenty. Thanks. Well, that was about 30 seconds. I think I did pretty good. How's the stock market treating you these days? The thing of it is, I can't get her out of my head. Uh Uh-huh. She's crazy about me. Willow Summers is crazy about me. (laughs) Well, someone's crazy. I also love how, like, Carrie, when she's talking to Big about her relationship, it's like, I don't know if I should go in the country, but I really love him. And there's nobody else I'd rather be with. And he's like, I ate her out. I spread her labia. I stuck my fingers in. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> it was so porny. Oh, my God. So jarring. It's- and I, like, when I was listening to that, I you know, if that were a real, if that scene were a real life, I mean... She waited a while. Like, I I was sitting there feeling very uncomfortable. And then it was like, okay, Carrie, like, are you going to say something? And then she finally does. But I was like, he went on, like, a little bit too long. She should have interjected way sooner. It's a fun scene because Carrie's like, oh, I'm so sorry I told you that I liked someone. He's like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. Not only do I not give a shit, I'm, like, in, like, I'm, like, pounding the golden puss. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, crazy. No, yeah. I wonder, do you think there's a level of he's trying to, I don't know if it's conscious or subconscious, make her jealous? 
Yes, girl. Especially because yeah. she came in sort of condescending, like, oh, I mean, like, I don't want to, like, hurt your feelings, but, like, there's but if literally you're ever in a thi- yeah. no one yeah. I'd rather go with. And he, he kind of just, he's just takes that and raises, raises her. Yes. I had this happen one time. I was dating this guy for a little bit in New York, and I remember, like, we whatever, kind of, like, on again, off again, and then we met up, um, like, as friends, like under the guise of friends finally. And at the dinner, he just was like, I don't remember how he did it, but it was so obnoxious. It was like, can I ask you something? And I was like, yeah, what? And he's like, I'm dating this girl and she's so beautiful that I am constantly confronted with men coming up to her. And I'm like, how do I deal with that? Like, how do I deal with her being so beautiful and like not knowing how to like, do I just have to like deal with my jealousy? And I was like, are you actually asking me this? Like you actually want my opinion? that there's like a what subtitle. What do you think the aim was there? It's just, what was the aim? I think about that moment kind of often because I was like, what? That was so Jamie, fucking transparent. That moment is, I'm pissed that this didn't work out for whatever reason and I feel rejected by you. So I'm going to say something that hopefully makes you feel like shit. That's what that is. That means. must be it. Yeah. I'm like, but it was also like not slick. And I feel like Big's not being slick either, obviously. You know what? I actually think I almost never want to hear a man tell me like, that some other girl is so gorgeous, even if it's almost a guy friend. I think there's almost just like, I think it's just having respect for the woman that you're speaking to. It always does feel a little threatening. It's also kind of always feels like a diss. And like, listen, we have so much pressure on ourselves. It's like, honestly, just never talk to another woman about how gorgeous another woman is. You just don't even need to do that. Don't even do it to your mom. Like everybody, every woman is already just like having a whole comparison list yeah, in her head at right. all times. It's like, we just don't that's need why to it's it. so brutal. No, that's totally why it's so brutal. You're right. Like even like, um, uh, yeah, my, I remember one time my father-in-law, like said something to my mother-in-law we were like all just sitting on the couch watching tv and some actress came on and he was like she's so beautiful and i and like dan's mom truly did not flinch like no one did because it was just like it is a beautiful person but there was a piece of me that's like well it's like cool of dan's mom to like just kind of like well no just like just that it like their their relationship is so solid they have such a good marriage but it was just kind of one of those moments where i was like oh that would have like stung me a little bit but you seem you seem like resilient. I was at my friend's house watching an Oscar party once uh, years ago, and her boyfriend kept mentioning how stunning this one actress was again and again. And there were other people, couples there, and none of the other guys really chimed in. And he's like, I mean, is she not the most beautiful one you've ever seen? Oh, and like, that's oh, no. Yeah. And like me and that's my other girlfriend no were kind of like, uh, no. I don't think it's, it's just, I just think. You're allowed to think other people are good looking. Of course, it's not like, oh, you can only have eyes for your partner. But just know that it's so hard to be a woman and it's so much pressure on our looks that it's a pretty it's pretty hard to hear. Honestly, it feels like an yeah, it feels like a direct attack, even though clearly it's it couldn't be less of one because you're talking about someone completely different. But it always does feel sort of like. It's just not that romantic, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Um, Do you feel, you know, at the end of the day, I considering the their relationship which what even is it they shouldn't be talking about the relationships at all and i also think her talking about aiden to the guy she cheated on is actually pretty tacky 
It's wild. And and it like makes no sense. And even saying that she like there's something even revealing like a kink in the chain of the relationship to the guy she fucked is so disrespectful to Aiden, I think. Yeah, I just said I just sort of shot it down, but I'm actually now I'm like, oh, maybe Carrie was also doing that. I wonder if this scene was written with the intention of both of them trying to make each other jealous. Like, even if it's subconscious. I don't know. At the beginning, it seemed like she really was just trying to talk to him as a friend. I kind of got that vibe. that she Maybe was- she's trying it on for size. Like, and- what does friendship with him look like? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you really can't have a friendship with someone that you have unfinished business with. I mean, you can try, no. but it will never feel like a true friend, ever. Also, ugh, just side note, I mean, big talking about, like, yeah, she asked for a light at a at her premiere party. It's like, you're so fucking lame. Also, also that did not happen. She didn't say my weakness is cigarettes and green eyes. Yeah. Man. And if she did, you'd walk away because you don't like Also, does he women. have green eyes? Am I wrong? Is he Maybe. not the most, like... Tall, dark, and handsome. I thought it was like brown hair, brown eyes. I had no idea he had green eyes. I don't know, but his whole story was such a like, he literally just like picked up a fantasy novel at the grocery store and he's like, this is what happened. And you're like, I don't think so. Anyway. I need to like take a shower after. It's so corny. Okay. Okay. Let's get back into it. So Carrie heads back to Aiden's this time with reinforcements. She convinced Samantha to join her in the country. Samantha hates the country until she spots something just for her, a hunky farmer named Luke. She heads to his barn for some milk and he points her right where she can get it. His cow. They have quite the moment milking that thing. That is like such a hilarious scene. When she finishes, she says, does anything else need to be milked i mean Uh-oh. can you imagine <laughs> saying that to someone oh my, every, everything with the farmer is so funny because it's, it's so good. i mean that's the thing that's so fun about the show too is it's like it's Does like anything else need to be milked yeah it's like oh, i die it's so good and like every single tv so show good. and sitcom since the dawn of time has been catered to men it's like anytime seinfeld or larry david go on a date it's like with a like a smoke show, like yes. 10, like tits to spare. And so I just love that that's what Sex and City does for women. Like the fact that she just looks out the window and there's like a fireman of the month wearing like a one shoulder <laughs> overall. <laughs> He's straight up from like the fireman calendar. A hundred percent. He's like a straight yeah. up gay porn actor. And he's just he like, is. he's like out of Chippendale. Oh my God. And he's like, cool. He's like, he just finished his magic mic tour in Vegas. And now he's like, cool style riding a tractor with like one hand and Ugh. one overall. It's just so good. It's such a it's, fantasy. It's so funny too because they just use it as a like chance to get all their farm jokes out. Like they call him like the farmer with his delts and like it's just oh, like yeah. line after goofball like oh my god. Yeah, Young McDonald's. Oh yeah. yeah exactly. Yes. There's it's a so huge funny. long run of that. She's like E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the comedy writing is so fun on this episode. It's so uh, great. It must have been a blast to write this Oh, episode. my God. So back uh, with Charlotte, um, her ovulation arm goes off. It's finally time to have sex. And she calls for Trey to come and F her. Trey, however, is busy. He's taking a bath. She walks in to find him, mm-hmm. sitting in a bath with his mother, Bunny, hanging out tubside and smoking a cigarette. Charlotte is totally freaked out. Trey catches up with her in the greenhouse to explain. There you are. What are you doing in here? What were you doing up there? Up where? What what do you mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? Your mother was watching you bathe. 
She was not watching me bathe. We were having a conversation while I was in the bath. Well, I don't know how you were brought up, but that is not acceptable parent-child bath time behavior past the age of five, even four in some cases. And if you think that I'm bringing a child into that, that I will be that kind of mother, then you better think again. She may have raised you like that, but I am not your mother. I was raised by a woman named Ava Neal. She was my nanny. I don't remember ever seeing my mother ever, except after her tennis lesson and before the cocktail hour when she would draw me a bath and she would tell me how she spent her day. So I know, I have always known that you could never, ever be that kind of mother. It's my ovaries. I'm ovulating. That is actually a really poignant clip and an amazing scene because, you know, we've talked a lot about how Trey isn't fleshed out enough, but even though it's really jarring and like a fabulous plot twist, there are people that have these weird, inappropriate relationships with their parents like that. There's a lot of weird father-daughter stuff. There's a lot of weird son-mom stuff. And um, it, as as jarring as it was, it did feel real to me. And it revealed so much of the problem of this relationship is this guy is a mama's boy to such an unhealthy extent. And, and it's just, well, he's a mama's boy to a narcissist. That's a really good point. But any version of that is hard to deal with. Even if you're a mama's boy to a great woman, it's just, yes, 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 yes. That dynamic is childish. She would like tell him, she would draw him a bath to tell him about her day. It's like, what? Like, it's just the whole thing was just very eye It gives me a lot of empathy and compassion for Trey and, like, understanding how... Because, you know, sometimes we do these, like, broad-stroke characters, like, oh, he's a wasp, so we should immediately know what his damage is. But it's more nuanced than that. And so, No, it's taken, like, two seasons to really understand his damage. Yeah, and the fact that he was not really raised... He's just, like, a really lonely guy. And it's actually a very romantic and sweet thing that he says to Charlotte where he's like, you would never be that so kind too. of a mom. It's You're really so rooting too. for them at this point. I know. It's, yeah, I mean, it's taken a while, but now I'm like, they seem so healthy. Like, he seems so self-aware suddenly. Like, even his joke about, like, oh, like, I can't believe anyone's having sex in Connecticut. Or that was a funny was. joke. Like, I was like, oh, he knows that he's from a place where, like, that's the sort of stereotype is that it's very like buttoned up and like, you know, no one's really like romantic or like showing their affection or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just was like, oh, he kind of knows who he is. Like I didn't get that sense at all. He was such a dork before, but now he's kind of this like hot, like self-aware. I don't know. Erection having erection. Sweetie pie. Yeah. The only thing about that joke of like, we'll be the first people to have sex in Connecticut or however it went is that's an amazing joke, but it almost felt like bad writing on the writer's part because he isn't that self-aware and he is so deeply entrenched that that's like, that's like when you watch a Woody Allen movie and every single character has like a hilarious, perfect zinger for everything. Yeah. It feels like something Samantha would say if Charlotte told her about that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Totally. So what do you think about the, that dynamic? Do you, have you ever had moments like that with your parents where you're like, is this going too far? Is this healthy boundaries for us? Have you ever had to make a boundary with a parent that you're like, I don't really love this? Yeah. I'm trying to think, I mean, definitely a hundred percent. Um, I feel like the boundaries that I have with 
my parents are kind of ongoing. It'll be like, yeah, I mean, we are so vocal about like when we are like, we don't like something. So it's kind of like, there's never had, there's never been a tough conversation where we've had to set that up, but it's definitely like, mom, I don't like when you do this. Like I'll say it right in the moment. And then she hears it. I mean, she does for the most part. So yeah, I actually had an incident, (laughs) an incident. It sounds so dramatic, but I showed her an episode of my show. Um, I showed her a cut and she was very complimentary, but her initial reaction was like this one tiny part where she was like, yeah, it, um, it was like, t- she's just talking about this like one part at the very beginning of the show. And I was like, well, what part? And she like couldn't describe it. And I kept getting really frustrated. And I was like, it feels bad. Like, cause I showed you this thing that I've worked on for a year and you're like harping on this one small thing. And my mom also went to film school. So she knows how to give like good notes, criticism and feedback and stuff. Yeah. So it was just like strange. And I just had to tell her, like, you know, you can start with just being like, what you love about the things it, yeah. I liked about it. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I don't know if that's exactly a boundary, but it was, I was proud of myself for not just like kind of letting it go, I guess. Yeah. I, I was like, no, I think she should hear this because I think she's capable of hearing it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not, it's not like, oh, she, that you'll never change that about her. Yeah. So I guess my, that's a long way of saying that, um, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable setting boundaries with my my parents. What about you? I mean, as far as that kind of like inappropriate, like bunny sitting by the bathtub. Yeah, I don't stuff, have that. My mom used to walk around the house naked when I was growing up. I mean, uh-huh. she was a total bohemian free spirit. There was only women in the house. It was me and my sister oh. and my mom. But yeah. I got to an age around puberty where I was like, you need to stop doing that. Yeah. I get that. But yeah. I remember a friend of mine when I was like seven years old, I was spending the night at her place and Maybe a little older. No, probably around that age. Anyways, totally doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, she told me that her dad like walks around naked all the time. It's really weird. Being like, he does. And I was like kind of like intrigued. I was like, do I get to like see a naked older man? Like, what does that even look like? I remember being like, Am I gonna like catch it? I was kind of like, you know, it's kind of like spotting like a deer in the woods. It's like, there's one. Like I kind of was there was part of me that was like really intrigued, but now looking back, I'm like, what the actual fuck? Okay. Well, I had a really, really troubled, really, really troubled best friend in middle school and part of high school. And she would walk around her house naked in middle school and high school in front of her mom, dad, and sisters and brothers. Like, Oh wow. Like naked, naked with like a girl, like a girl woman body. Wow. Yeah. That was really insane to me. Wow. So anyway, sharing all the pervious things we know. So take Hmm. us home, Jamie. Okay, I'm taking us home. So Trey and Charlotte finish their bunny chat with some sex, and Steve wakes up from surgery to find Miranda at his bedside. She is not going anywhere, and Samantha has great sex with her farmer in his hayloft until he spoils the moment by talking weekends yet again. It's like such an unrelatable pet peeve yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like no one in the history of the universe has ever been like <laughs> i only so... want to have sex one time with every person it's such a strange plot point it's also it's like so we weird. know samantha we know that she's had flings so it's also kind of yeah fake. she has flings she's open to flings yeah it's it's it just doesn't ring true yeah it's like with samantha they just run out of shit so they have to just make up this crazy stuff not like exactly. the other stuff isn't made up but anyway The episode closes with Carrie and Aiden getting into a fight over her hating the country house and the squirrels, but they quickly compromise. She can come up every once in a while and he'll be happy when she does, even if she's happier in the city. 
ultimately they have truly nothing in common with, and I can't wait for the relationship to end. Which brings us to the question of the episode. Relationships, no matter how good, are inevitably a series of compromises. But how much of ourselves should we be willing to sacrifice for the other person before we stop being ourselves? In a relationship, when does the art of compromise become compromising? Yeah, I think all this stuff is so hard because it's like there are no rules of relationships. You can't read a book and then know if your relationship is right or not. I think I think it's like there's a certain amount of stuff we have to let go and be cool with and, you know, meet in the middle because that's part of being together. Um, if you don't ever want to compromise, then it's a good idea not to be in a relationship and you never do. But I guess there are times where some people feel like all they do is compromise and all they do is give up. And then there's other times where people feel like they're in a relationship with somebody who never, never meets them in the middle. I I would imagine that I think you guys are better to speak on this because you've been in more long. Both of you are in long relationships, but. I would imagine that it's a conversation that has to be had regularly of like constantly renegotiating terms. And what do you guys think? I want to go Skylar. Yeah, I think that I agree with that. I think that in a healthy relationship is constantly renegotiating a little bit. If you, I think that if you're never having those conversations and never really like setting boundaries or expressing where you or the other person's at, then you're in trouble. And that's when things can go really sour. But, um, as for the, I, 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 this question bumps me a little bit just because, um, this episode is so much about like Carrie not wanting to compromise basically and not want to lose her identity to, I guess, going to the country one time. Um, <laughs> that's such a funny way to put it. <laughs> It's so Tyler's fucking hilarious. hilarious. It's like Tyler is the funniest person. It just makes you realize how selfish she is. She's like, if I go to do one thing, <laughs> when you put it that way, Sky. It's so yeah, true. if I do something for twenty four hours that isn't my top I mean, choice, I might lose so, myself. Yeah, it's oh, that's what I mean. Because it's sorry, also sorry. like it's also like they're basically arguing for like being ignorant. They're like they're like, no, what I like to do is what I know how to do, and I will not do anything oh, else ever. Oh my and it's like, god. And it's it, pretty close minded. Yeah, it's and really... that was always that was my big bump with uh sort of Carrie's plotline this episode. As for when the art of compromise becomes compromising, I suppose if you find yourself years into a relationship and like no longer knowing yourself or knowing where you're going just to answer the question that's probably when it becomes compromising but um i think it's really comically overstated in this episode that like carrie's compromising herself yeah it's like no you're just being nice yeah and also yeah uh what do you think think i have much to add to this i i think that compromise I'm not very compromising. Um, I'm compromising in a lot of ways in that I, I I am fortunate in that like my husband and I like doing the same things. But if there is anything I don't want to do, I do not do it. I'm And I, I, I've always been that way where I'm like, I just I think there have been a couple of times where it's like, you know, if Dan's like, please, like, come to this thing with me because it would like mean something to me. I usually am like, OK. But there have also been a lot of times, and I'm this is not me like 
bragging. If anything, it's I really would like to change it about myself. But there have been some times where I'm like, I don't, that doesn't sound fun. I don't want to go. And I just flat out, like, I don't know. And I always blame it on like work. I'm like, I'm too tired, which is true. It's never like fake, but it is like, okay, but Jamie, like, could you rally? Probably. It's tough. It's like there, I think that's a really personal thing of like when to push yourself, when to not, you know, when to put yourself first, when to put the relationship first. I think it's case by case. Yeah. And I don't think it is also, it's case by case. It's day by day. Yeah. And I think Skylar said it really well, which is like, you are constantly renegotiating. I think that a healthy relationship would be that. I, I also, I, I also, um, I, it, it's something I've like wanted to work on. And in the past too, where I just like being self-aware around how comfortable you are doing things, but then also understanding that the people that you bring into your life um, are generally like in your life. Cause you have some respect for them. You, you have some relationship with them. And so the thing I'm, I'm driving at is opening yourself up to, taking in like their recommendations and their interests because if they are good enough for the people again that you like then, then why wouldn't you have want some. to yeah exactly. exactly yeah totally exactly yeah I mean I also think in general just as a human being the more open and flexible you are the better like I mean you know sometimes yeah I'm thinking of 100%. sometimes when I you know I don't know I realize I have to call my dad later tonight and our communication is tough. And there have been times where I'm like, you know, telling him something, he's like, and he'll say like, I'm 65 years old. I'm not going to change or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same thing of being like, I'm a city person. I'm not going to change. It's like, I never want to be the kind of person where it's like, I have no flexibility or openness to changing. I wouldn't, I just think that like, I'm putting a stick in the ground and I, and that's it is sort of like a difficult kind of vibe. It just feels dismissive too. Yeah. When people are like, this is who I am. Yeah, they say the hard lines. Like, yeah, that always bothers me so much. Because it's just like, you don't, we'll just give it a try. try. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, people change all the time. You know, hopefully you change until you die. Like, that's right. And it's like identifying, it's like acting as if your personality is cemented in what it is. And it's like, absolutely not. It's always evolving. Yes, of course. Always contingent. Yeah. Yep. (sighs) Okay, James, take us on the last segment. All right, last seggies. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, what you horny for right now? I'm going to do two. Okay. Um, okay. I want to shout out a book that just came out, a book of essays. It's absolutely hilarious. It's called Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby. Uh, she is a queer black humorist who is like the, one of my favorite comedy writers. She's so funny. Um, it's absolutely hilarious. And then I would also like to shout out, um, second season of killing Eve, which was just a total blast and really sexy and had great costumes. And now that I'm in quarantine, like my tolerance for TV has really changed. I need something that's like all caps gripping, nothing, a slow burn, nothing quiet. Mm-hmm. I need like a mm-hmm. murder within like three seconds or mm-hmm. some kind of affair. Like I just need, this is second season, not third second season. season. I'm really late to it. Okay. So okay, anyway, yeah, if you it. just need something to like shake you and grip you around and you haven't watched killing Eve yet, it's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. James, what are your horny fours this week? Oh God, what am I horny for? 
Anything you watch? Song. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do a food horny. Do a food horny. I think I'm gonna do a food horny. Please do. I, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> wow, this is maybe the lamest one I've ever done, but I stand by it. Um, do not underestimate the power <laughs> of putting on pasta just olive oil, salt, and pepper. Whoa. It goes the distance. Interesting. I used to be like, gotta create a complicated sauce. I have to like put some crunch in there. I would always be like using like pine nuts or something to dial it up a notch uh, or like white wine mixed with cream, mixed with da da da. No, if you just do olive oil, salt, and pepper on, I really like um, chickpea pasta. I can't talk. Chickpea pasta. I really like um, that brand, Bonza. Yeah, it is Banging. truly delicious. Yeah, I could eat a whole box just with that. So okay, I'm going to make that because I love It's kind of fun pasta. when like, yeah, when you go back to basics sometimes, you're like, oh, yeah, like food is good without a million different ingredients trying to zhuzh it up. So, yeah, highly recommend. Awesome. Thanks, James. Well, that was our episode. Yeah, great to see you. And God, who knows what... Yeah. Next week will yeah. entail Hail with the aliens. way our country is yeah. right now. I love you, well, and um, thank you guys for listening. We hope that you're safe and mentally like coping, and we get it yes. if you're falling the fuck apart. And however you are resisting, you know, just take care of yourself first. Yes, and uh, sending lots of love, you guys. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help But Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Pew, pew, pew.